0: Hello everyone, women face a crossroads as they approach or as they turn 60 and there are more choices and options open to us now ever than before for finding fulfillment and joy after 60. Are you wondering how to plan to ensure that you have that choice for a fulfilling role, whatever that looks like for you? For women entrepreneurs and executives, planning life after 60 does require financial flexibility. But it's not all about the money. Today I'm speaking to Millie Gormley who specializes in working with independent women in Ontario, Canada. Millie believes that you can be calm, comfortable and confident about your financial future in the next 10, 20 or even 30 years. Millie does acknowledge and asserts that the financial industry does not always serve women the way we deserve to be served. They need to understand the many elements of a financial plan that serves our own best interests. Welcome, Millie, how are you doing?
1: I am well, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate the opportunity to, yeah. to speak.
0: And it's a real pleasure to have someone talk about how we can support the lifestyle and what we want to see in fulfillment into the future, right? So Absolutely. Please share with our audience today what you mean by that assertion that the finance industry has not necessarily served us and our particular needs.
1: Yeah, the the financial service st- services industry has traditionally been um what I irreverently call male pale and stale and that's sort of <laughs> been the focus it's it's a lot of it has been a lot of old white guys in suits telling the rest of us how to live our lives and uh that is changing uh, but it is changing slowly and it is still there, there still is a little bit of that attitude a lot of times that women run into when they're speaking with a financial planner um, and especially women who are saying Single. Um, you know, that's mm. what, I'm, what I'm calling independent women. So basically, traditionally, you know, you would meet with your financial planner, he would come to your house, or you would go to his office, and it was 99% of the time a he. And, you know, the, the husband and the wife would sit down together and the conversation would be had, and most of the conversation would be between the boys, right? The <laughs> the gentleman would be having a conversation about things. And if the woman had a question, it might get answered. I'm not, I don't want to, to say that it's been an absolute terrible experience for all women all the time. No, because there are very good male financial advisors out there. But the industry as a whole has very much focused on the couple, meaning the man and the wife, as opposed yeah. to the couple as as a, a joint holder. So there, there was a fair yeah. bit of don't worry, your pretty little head over it, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you. And I don't think that's that's a great way for anyone to approach any aspect of their lives by letting someone else take care of, the decision-making process and the the knowledge of what is actually going on with with your money and with your investments Uh, so for me personally i'm very much conscious and aware of you know i want to know what's going on with you i want to know what's going on your head i want to know what what you feel about uh, about your future about your plan about all of those pieces of your financial life working together Mm because there's a lot there's a lot of variables there are a lot of pieces that need to to mesh properly for us to get where we want to go in life Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you talk about for for most people first of all it's cash management you know what's coming in what's going out where is where's the money being spent how can we make sure that whatever is being spent is spent in the 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 best possible way so mm-hmm. that you've got enough left over to save and invest. And then once we've kind of figured out, okay, we've got X amount of dollars to work with, then we start talking about investment planning. What is the best investment for a person depends upon what that money's for. You know, if this Mm -hmm. is money for retirement and you're not retiring for 30 years, we're going to treat that money a lot differently than if you're planning on buying a house in five years and this is your down payment. So Mm -hmm. those are two very different scenarios and you would use very different investment solution for those. Mm -hmm. So that really requires having a good in-depth conversation about what it is that you want your life to look like Mm -hmm. and how do we set up all of the money to work that way. Mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. investment planning we start talking about retirement planning you know what do we want things to look like when you stop working in uh, and have that be you know full-time work some people it'll transition to part-time work some people some entrepreneurs will never retire in the traditional sense right. the whole concept of retirement is changing quite a lot for a lot of people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. having an individualized conversation about what do you want retirement to look like for you it's it's kind of a what do you want to be when you grow up yeah <laughs> conversation right it's it, let let your imagination wander what would you like to do okay well now let's get back down to reality and see what you can afford to do based on what you've got going on and then another part of financial planning is uh, the insurance piece um Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs every kind of insurance, you know, but for some people with some situations in their lives, insurance can be a really big part of making sure that the overall plan is going to work. Because if something happens to one partner in a relationship, then what's the other partner going to do without that person's income? You know, how can Mm -hmm. we how can we account for something like that to happen? How can we protect the assets that we're building? Insurance is one way to to deal with that. And then sort of on the back end, we talk about tax planning, um, you know, how can we make sure that you're paying the right amount of tax, i.e. Yeah. You know, $1 more than will keep you out of jail. And, um, and estate planning to make sure that okay, so I, I mean, I, I joke about it a little bit, I say, I don't want any of my clients to die on a pile of money. Because to me, that means you've not enjoyed your life as much as you possibly could have. But at the same time, you also don't want to run out of money. So, with any luck, for most people, there will be something left when they're gone. And you want to make sure that wherever it goes is where you want it to go. And that's what an estate plan is for.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is so much in what you've just shared. And I think that many people, when they speak or when they have spoken with their financial planner, In the past, it has been more or less like what you want your life to look like or what you want your standard of living to look like Mm
1: -hmm. when you
0: retire. So there's always been that um, assumption that people are going to retire. And people don't retire for many, many reasons, like you're saying, even when we get into the topic of um, living to a retirement age healthy, and being able to earn income up to what was traditionally a retirement age. Mm-hmm. And that has shifted so much. And as you were talking about insurance as well, you know, I think a lot of people in the past have thought about their financial plan for retirement and mm-hmm. goal finance uh, insurance for when they're no longer here or their partners law lo- no longer here and goal. But there's yeah. a whole other gamut of life situations that come up so insurance it's not just about life
1: insurance it's absolutely not just about life insurance so the the other two sort of main types of insurance that we typically work with as financial planners is disability insurance Mm -hmm. Um, if you're unable to work this replaces your income or a portion of your income many people have at least some disability coverage through their employer but when you kind of dig under the the hood a little bit and, and see what it is so disability insurance policies they don't lay on top of each other they've got to sort of fit in together because if Mm -hmm. you qualify for wsib everybody wants you to take wsib first before another insurance coverage will come Mm -hmm. into play so Mm -hmm. there's 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 layers and there's complications that you kind of have to take into account when you're designing a disability uh, insurance plan and every everybody's occupation is different too so there's different ways you can approach the insurability of something um the these types of insurances so life insurance these days if you're relatively young and a non-smoker and, and decent health, it's it's relatively cheap. But for disability insurance, because there's so many more ways someone can become disabled, and the odds of someone becoming disabled in their working life are a lot higher, then mm. uh, it tends to be a little bit more expensive. So I, I want to be really, really careful when I'm designing a plan for someone. So the occupation that you're in is going to determine what the premium looks like. Uh, the 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 benefits that you choose are going to affect the premium. So there's waiting periods uh, for Mm -hmm. a disability plan. So you can have a 30 day waiting period or a 90 day waiting period or a two year waiting period. And you know, the longer your waiting period, the less you'll have to pay on premiums. The benefit period can be longer or shorter. Um, You can have things like a return of premium options. It it gets very complicated very, very quickly. So that's but yeah, but that's one thing. So that disability insurance is for is to protect your income if you're unable to Work as the result of a of an accident or an injury or or an illness. Uh, mm. Critical illness insurance is one that's not, a lot of people aren't particularly familiar with, but it's um, it's almost up there with importance uh, as life insurance. In, in my mind, I would say so. I would yeah. say so. Yeah. Because again, the odds of becoming ill uh, are reasonably high, like one in what is it, one in eight or one in nine women come down with breast cancer, uh, heart attacks, Mm -hmm. one in three or four, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I mean, they're they're out there and you can easily look them up. Mm -hmm. So the way a critical illness policy works is it's like a life insurance policy where you don't have to die. Um, if you are diagnosed with a life-threatening illness and depending on the policy it'll they'll either have a list of lots of them or they'll be it'll be basic and again the the more um, illnesses that you can that can trigger the ci policy will determine what the premium is but the the big the big ones are heart attack cancer and stroke Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: if you're diagnosed with a life-threatening illness um, you can collect on this policy and that's a lump sum of money that you can use for whatever you need to so it's not like you have to incur medical expenses and submit receipts and get money back. This is your money, you do with it whatever you want. So some people would use it to uh, take time off work while they're going through treatment. Some people will use it to pay off a mortgage or other debt. Some people will use it to uh, access treatment. So they might want to, you know, go to the Mayo Clinic or something like that. And mm-hmm. others might, depending on the diagnosis, use it to take that, you know, one last family vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, if that's if that's what they decide that they want to do with it. So I, it money does not solve all of your problems in this life. But what it can do is give you choices and options and flexibility. And certainly when someone's been diagnosed with a life threatening illness, anything that can give you those things is it's, it's good to have.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the key words that you just said is choices options and flexibility, Uh, because even if you go um, into that age of fulfillment after being an an executive or even as you continue to be an entrepreneur and being flexible and having options and how you work, where you work, Finances are important. They're not the number one thing, but they do give you peace of mind as well, right?
1: Well, the money feeds everything else. Right? <laughs> it does. You know, it does it's, it, yeah. if, you, if you don't have money, you can't eat well. You can't take good care of yourself. You can't enjoy the, the time that you're retired. You can't take a trip and enjoy that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, it's not the only thing, but it sure as heck is the base for an it's awful hard. lot of things.
0: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I've met uh, many people that uh, just to um, appreciate that our audience is both uh, women executives who may mm-hmm. work for a large corporation that has great insurance, uh, even their yeah. um, insurance for having those things uh like the, the nice health benefits, like making sure that you can get a massage when you want to or even yep. to stay healthy uh, with your dental care. Uh, those insurance policies are quite often um, offered as benefits by ex- uh, a corporation. However, mm-hmm. part of our audience is entrepreneurs as well. And yep. as an entrepreneur myself, I can tell you that... Um, The rates for that kind of, uh, even if you're part of a group, is something that needs to be budgeted and Mm -hmm. determined. What? Not that there's going to be a return on the investment because usually the return on investment is if you're sick or if you die or you have a critical illness, right?
1: Right. But (laughs) But this. (laughs) But this is the thing with insurance. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where you you want to have it but you don't want to have to use it and That's the right. best case scenario is if you've wasted your money by never putting in a claim so yeah it's it's a bit yeah. of an awkward thing that way but yeah. it's i would i would rather be in the position of having wasted money uh, because nothing horrible happened, Happen. yeah. <laughs> then have saved that money and something horrible happened and I wasn't prepared for it. Because yeah. most people, especially as you're younger, so when, when you're younger and you've got a lot of debt and a lot more, uh, a lot of people depending on you, like really, really depending on you, I'm thinking, uh-huh. you know, parents of small children, that's the time when life insurance is going to be the absolute most important thing. As we yeah. get older, as we build up our own assets, as the people who depend on us are Able to take care of themselves a little more, then you know the idea of the idea of having a million dollars worth of life insurance when you're in your 70s and you're retired and you don't have any debt is lovely for estate planning purposes, uh, or if you want to leave a charitable bequest or something like that. But mm-hmm. is it necessary to keep body and soul together for your children and keep food on the table? not so much. So insurance is a tool that you can use throughout your life as part of your financial planning process, yes. but it, different purposes in different life stages for nice. sure.
0: Yes, and uh definitely like the mindset that uh the life insurance may not be your legacy, um mm-hmm. uh, that for a lot of women who who have had, you know, they've been responsible and they've had life insurance and then when it ends or when it reduces or it becomes too expensive to maintain. That's quite a mind shift. So yeah. let's shift over to the other side of the financial plan to support um, our fulfillment after sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did mention a little bit about investments. What What would you uh, like? Because we come to a point too where there's the RS, um, our retired savement, uh, savings, right? Yeah. Where you know there's an age where you do have to start. Uh, you know pulling out and putting yep. into a, a rift like in our area in canada anyway i'm not too sure about the united states or anywhere else in the world but um i'm sure it's similar and i had a um uh, an in-law that actually said to me that once they stopped bringing in earned income and had to start pulling from their savings mm-hmm. they said their issues around money and their mindset changed a lot in fact she said it was more stressful Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though she had this really nice nest egg but of course as you pull it out it's then taxed okay because it was never free (laughs) (laughs) free. but uh just to you know some people see that um Pot of uh, savings as now we can go out and buy this, and now we can go out and buy that. And other people, especially when we're talking about a couple, Mm -hmm. I've noticed some of them get very tight on the purse strings and say, Oh no, this has got to last us, right? We don't know how long it's got to last us, but there's hesitancy there. So there's a lot of mindset around finances once you reach
1: that point in your life as well. Can you say a little bit about? about oh, that? I, could, I could say a lot about <laughs> that. <laughs> and, and and yeah, you're right. It is, it is a mindset issue. Absolutely. I mean, we spend certainly the, the financial services industry, the retirement planning, you know, the retirement planning people will tell you, you've got to save money, you've got to save money for your future. What will happen if something happens to you or you can't work, you get sick or whatever, right? You've yes. got to save, you got to, you know. Okay. And so we, we, we internalize that and we say, yes, we should save money. So we do. And then we get to a point in our lives where it's really a time of reckoning with the fact that we're we're no longer young we're mm-hmm. no longer working we're no longer contributing to society we're no longer um we don't we don't feel we don't feel like we should be little old ladies living off of our pensions um <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, if you're if you're past the age of 71 and you have an RRSP, by the end of that calendar year, you have to convert it to a registered retirement income fund and start pulling money down from it. The government will make you because they want their pound of flesh. The RRSP <laughs> and the RIFs were never designed to eliminate paying tax. They are designed to defer it and pay it and pay you the tax when you when you start drawing down from it. So when we start drawing down from it, we have to mentally adjust to the fact that you are now a retiree, you know, in that sense, and and you are, you're not a young person anymore. And this is, this is hard, like, I feel uncomfortable even saying it, and I'm not anywhere near 71. But it's something that it's something that we need to also address and think about before we actually pull the trigger on retirement and say, I'm out of here. Because it's, it's, retiring is different than quitting a job. Like if you've ever had that experience of working in a really toxic place, and you got to say to heck with you, I'm out of here. There's there's something very liberating and freeing about that. Uh, but the retiring is different retirement is is the is the end of something it is the end of a career it is the it, it may take different forms for a lot of people, people may still continue to work in some way, shape or form. But when you're in a at a point in your life when you're starting to draw down your retirement savings, that is a mind shift that you really need to spend some time and, and sit with. And as you say, I mean, sometimes people get really, really tight. With their money to their own detriment. I had one uh, one lady, she's a lovely lady. she she had plenty of money. she did not need to worry about money, but she came into my office one winter with a broken zipper on her coat. I'm like, okay, well, you know, go go buy yourself a new coat or go get that fixed at least something, right? If you really love the coat, keep it. But she's like, oh no, I couldn't spend the money. and I'm looking at her balance and I'm looking at her going, excuse me, <laughs> Oh no, that's for my kids and yeah. at, yes right. And yeah. which is all well and good. You want to take care of your children. But my dear, your son, the engineer, and your daughter, the doctor are just they're doing just fine. They don't want you to be cold so you can have a couple extra hundred dollars in your estate when you die. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 wrapping your head around the fact that I this money is mine. You know, this is money is for me yeah. to spend. That yeah. that's an adjustment for people because when yeah. we're putting it away, it's this money is for mm-hmm. later. Well, when when later is now, yeah, you've got to spend some time thinking about that. And it's it's almost like, like I said, it's a what, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of question. What do you want the rest of your life to look like? And you need to spend some time sitting with that and thinking about that and and then planning again for that next stage. So it's mm-hmm. not like you you stop working and then it's just life still goes on. Right. So and that's another thing, too, like some people are under the impression that when you retire or when you convert your RSP to a RIF, you collapse all of your investments and you take a big pile of cash and you leave it in a bank account. (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) You know, that's that that is that is a no, not a good idea. Because life continues, you know, inflation goes on. And to have some money that's still working for you and growing is Mm -hmm. really, really important. Because like you say, we don't know how long you're going to need to make it last. Uh, Many people are living into their many women certainly are living into their 90s on a pretty routine basis. And Mm -hmm. having that. So it's one thing to have and you're mentioning uh, corporate listeners like so if they're if they're in a good corporation and they've done well they might have a really nice pension also to look forward to which is awesome but at the same time, having just a pension and no savings really limits your abilities to enjoy your retirement. Because it's basically like you're on an allowance and there's nothing for extras, mm, right? True. So if you've got some savings off to the side, well, that's what you can use for your trip money. You know, that's what you can use for unexpected house repairs or car repairs. And that way you're not, you know, trying to, to constantly money grub every dollar that comes in from your pension if mm-hmm. you've got a little bit off to the side.
0: hmm So um, at the risk of generalizing, I have a question to ask you. Do you find more women tighten their purses or do more men uh, tighten their wallets as Mm. they get into
1: their 60s? Well, you know what? If men weren't tight with their wallets before, they don't tend to get tight with it later on. Mm. Uh, Women, there are certainly, there's something that women do. It's called bag lady syndrome. Where suddenly we're we're sort of um, we're confronted with the fact that we're aging, and we're confronted with our mortality that comes along with that, and we start to worry what's going to happen to me, and we're I'm going to end up under a bridge with a Gucci bag, and you know what's going to happen to me, and it's yeah, so women tend to worry about that a little more. They tend to catastrophize a little bit more, and and sort of say okay, well if this investment doesn't work out for whatever reason, then I'm not going to have any money and I'm going to end up having to sell my house and I'm going to end up under a bridge. And then we tend to kind of let our imagines run away with ourselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why it's sure. just, if you're, if you're feeling unsure about what your situation first, okay. So the first thing to do, if you're feeling unsure and feeling worried about your situation is get clear on what your situation actually is. Mm-hmm. Sit down with somebody kind of lay it all out on the table and say, okay, I've got this pension, but I was only in it for 15 Fifteen years, So it's not going to be very big, very big. Um, you know, I've got my house, but it needs a lot of repair. So I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get for it if I sell it. Um, I've got my investments, but they haven't been doing well the last like there's all these things I can make a start to worry about things, right? Right. Well, right. Find out exactly where you are at. And that's okay. So here's here's what you've got. Figure that out. Then it's a matter of okay, well, again, what do you want your life to look like, and how can we work with what you've got to get you as close to where you want to be as you possibly can? Mm-hmm. You know, it, but you, if you don't know what your situation actually is, then there's certainly no sense worrying about it because you may, you might be worrying for nothing, mm-hmm. uh, or you might not be worrying enough and wasting time that could be spent doing something about it.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Either way, it's going to affect your ability to have fulfillment after the age of 60.
1: Absolutely. If you're
0: worrying about everything, you're not going to be able to uh, use that money wisely for fulfillment, like use it in a flexible way. Um, If, um, if you're not looking at your financial um, system or or what you have where you are now, uh, I believe And you probably agree with me here that, like you were saying, people are safe, 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 and then uh, they think that it ends at some point. But Mm -hmm. there's still, and I have this long list of how you can still continue to save money. Absolutely, after seventy, when you start to have to pull money out. Right. Uh, But uh, so it's still a little bit. It's that balance of save and enjoy yourself.
1: Right. A hundred percent. And not and not living your life in fear. Like any decisions that you make that are based in fear are are not going to be good decisions. Right. It's it's a matter of, okay, what get clear on what your situation actually is. And then you can go forward in the knowledge of here's where I'm at. It, It may or may not be exactly where I want to be. But now you're you're working with what's real, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if and if you're working with what's real, then you just have to get into that point of okay, this is what it is. I accept that. Now let's move forward. There's always a there's always a moving forward. There's always a building up. I used to be an insurance claims adjuster, and that was uh, a tough job because you only ever meet someone after something horrible has happened to them. Mm. And you you can never really make the thing not have happened. I can't take away the fact that you were in a car accident. I can't take away the fact that your house burned down, right? But at least with financial planning, when I meet with someone new, even if they're just coming out of a bankruptcy or something like that, you know, something horrible has happened to them, where you are now is where you you are and we can help you get up and mm-hmm. we can we can get it, we can get things better Things can be better going forward if you're willing to put in the the effort and the work. Sometimes there is work to do on uh, a client's part uh, around spending, for one. That's usually the first place where we see opportunities to uh, tweak things um, and and make sure that you're not wasting money because wasting Mm -hmm. money does you no favors. But if you don't know where your situation is, you could very easily be wasting a ton of money and I have no idea. Mm
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm hmm. So uh, to move into the um, area of fulfillment, I'd like mm-hmm. to ask you a question. Um, was there a time in your life where you identified a pivotal moment when you realized what fulfillment will look like for you?
1: You know what? That happens. On a fairly regular basis for me. So this morning, yes, I had a I had an appointment with uh, with some clients. So we sat down and we talked to you know, just I'm I'm updating paperwork. That's why I wanted them to come in. Um, And so we started talking about okay, well, how are things going? And she said, you know how I said I wanted to retire at 63? Well, what if I want to retire at 62? And I said, Well, let's take a look. So we kind of pulled up pulled up the 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 software and we we you know did the thing we started tweaking some stuff and moving some stuff around and i was able to tell her yep yep you can retire at 62 and you're going to be just fine and mm-hmm. that when you see the effect that being able to tell someone something like that has it's very fulfilling because it's fulfilling. like i've made someone's life better mm-hmm. you know it's it, and it's not because of anything i did it's just because now they know that all of the work that they've put into this over the years is paying off, and they're going to be okay. Like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty exciting for me.
0: So that's like you, you have fulfillment in hits, like it hits you whenever you serve someone, right? Yeah. So what about um, after you uh, reach that time? Not necessarily when you retire, because I have a sense that maybe you won't retire in the re- traditional sense either. What Probably would you be not. Looking for fulfillment fulfillment at that
1: point. Well, for me fulfillment like you say I mean the, the service aspect of it is is big for me. So any anything where I can be of use, I guess. I mean, I come from a farming background, so I've got that old old <laughs> old school work ethic, you know, must be useful. <laughs> kind of thing. So anything where I can feel like I'm useful is good. Um but uh but yeah, I mean fulfillment for me is it's not just about my work. It's not just about money. It's about just being able to live my life, enjoy my home and and read my books and hang out with my cat. And I mean, my, my life is not it's not big and exciting in that way for a lot of like from the outside, I'm sure my life looks pretty boring to a lot of people. But I love it. You know, I've built a life for myself that I Mm -hmm. that is sustainable. I've, I've, I've done the building of a life that I don't feel the need to escape from. And that's Mm -hmm. probably why you're right, I will probably Mm -hmm. not retire in the traditional sense, Mm -hmm. as long as I've got enough marbles to keep functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the thing is, let's face it, I'm not digging ditches here great. This is, yeah. this is pretty physically undemanding work. So as long as my mind is up for it, I can continue doing this a very long time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, great segue. How could someone reach you? And uh, what would you like to offer to our audience?
1: Well, if someone is at a point in their lives where they're just they're feeling overwhelmed. They just I, d- I don't know what's going on. I am more than happy to offer a free half hour consultation, uh, where we just kind of have a have a good talk. And I can help you know, in, in half an hour, I can't fix your life. Uh, nobody can fix anybody's life no, in half an hour. Well, but, too bad. I <laughs> know, <an hour>, right? <laughs> but uh, what I can do is is bring some experience and and another set of eyes to the table and kind of give you some direction as mm-hmm. to where you can go from there. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got a good relationship with a financial advisor already, then that's, you know, that's the person you should be having this conversation with. If mm-hmm. you don't, then I'm happy to let, let's talk, you know, if there's an opportunity opportunity to work together great if there's not I'm totally cool with that because I know that not every person that I talk to is going to be a right client for me mm-hmm. so we do have one uh question in the chat do we want to address that quickly or do oh we lovely that?
0: okay let's have a look at the chat that's great
1: uh let me let me get Sorry, to it long get to you there yeah technology
0: here in the chat
1: uh, I just happen to have it up on my window. so. Well, good,
0: good. I'm glad <laughs> you bring it up because it's probably a question to you.
1: <laughs> well, it does seem to be. So Kakura is asking if there is a specific life insurance that you should be contributing to. You know, it's so many questions uh, that I get. The answer starts with those two little words. It depends. Um, it depends on what your situation actually is. Uh, what, do, what do you need the insurance for? So like we were saying earlier, if you're young and you need it basically to cover off debt um, and you don't have a lot of money to contribute to premiums, then you're probably going to be looking at a term policy, at least to start with. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at insurance as a way to build your estate or to leave a legacy, then you start talking about a universal life or a whole life policy, which are a little bit more expensive, but those are permanent coverages that will never expire on you as long as you keep paying the premiums. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it depends. And yeah, I know it's not a very satisfying answer, but it's the truth.
0: It does depend because uh, Kakura, we all have different lives. We all have different needs. And this is why I have this channel is because uh, we can't lump all our needs into one central theme. It's different for all of us. So whatever uh, fulfillment will look like for you, how you want to plan for that time, it very much depends on what you're looking for. And I, I think that Millie would totally agree with the fact that some people think that any financial plan is going to get the money for where, you know, the amount of vacations that they want to take and things like that, well, not everyone wants to take vacations and it's not like a vacation. If you're retiring from work either. No, uh,
1: no, it's it's not. It's 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 a whole different lifestyle. Yeah.
0: It's it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking that question. And uh, so Millie, is there anything else that you would like to share?
1: Um, Yeah. The, there's a difference between information and advice. Information is out there. There is plenty of information. If you were to Google financial planning, Lord knows you can go down a thousand different rabbit holes and 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 you can do a lot of things yourself if you are inclined to do that. You can you can you can do your own investments, you can investigate to a certain degree, you can investigate insurance, you can you can do a lot of things yourself but that's information. Advice is when you're sitting down with a professional who's going to look at what your situation actually is and bring some knowledge and expertise to the table that they can apply to your situation and make sure that whatever, because the thing is your solution might not be the same as mine Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: or, or somebody else or the brother, I don't know why it's always the brother-in-law. My brother-in-law said (laughs) I should do this. Well, maybe he's right, but Uh, you know, I'm not going to assume that just because he's your brother-in-law, unless he actually does happen to be a certified financial planner. But, uh, but you you see what I'm saying? I mean, you Mm -hmm. want, information is great, but sometimes you just need to get some advice.
0: Yes. um, Information can be gathered from many, many places. Um, Advice uh, based on what your particular needs are, it's not a do it yourself thing. I, like I talk the same about uh, coaching. Like it's mm-hmm. some things are not do it yourself because you have different needs than the brother-in-law or the brother in laws situation may be completely different, especially if we're talking to um, a single woman. Right. Yeah. And as we know, we could become, even if we're, we're in a, a relationship, we can become single for many different reasons over our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So Um, I think one of the points that you made is about us being responsible for it, like not solely like holding it, but being aware of the position that we're in financially, not leave it to someone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You've got to take care of yourself.
0: Prince charming isn't coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? What's not coming?
1: Prince charming. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Even even if you do have a wonderful partner in your life, (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't mean you should just let that partner take care of everything and you no. just kind of lie back and no. Be a grown-up, be aware of what your what your actual situation is and take take charge of it. And taking charge of it doesn't mean that you have to do everything yourself. No. Uh many of my clients you know, I manage their investments for them, that's something that I do as part of the service that I provide, because that's not something that they're interested in doing, or that they want to be, you know, they're oh, I can't deal with it. And that's fine. You know, everybody's different. But they do know, you know, what it is that I've got them invested in. They know, you know, know, we have conversations about, okay, I want to make this change. And here's why. And they are up to speed as to what's going on in their investments. That's, that's my goal anyway, for sure.
0: Because life change, changes on a dime sometimes, as we've yeah. all experienced over the last couple of years. So I like to say to women, like self-responsibility will allow you to have self-awareness and self-actualization. And that means you in a place where you are comfortable and you are achieving what you want to achieve, whether you're working or whether you're not working. So thank you very much, Millie. And thank you to Millie's followers as well today and to my audience. Uh, Please join me each week. I interview women like me and other thought leaders. I haven't had any brother-in-laws yet, (laughs) Uh, but about finding fulfillment. (laughs) They'll have to, they'll put their two cents in, I'm sure. Um, No, no, I bring on thought leaders, right? (laughs) And for joy after finding fulfillment uh, for joy after 60. Uh, If you're interested in being a guest on my podcast, I would love to speak to you. Please reach out to me. Visit my website at patriciamuir.com. My name is in the corner so you can see how Patricia Muir is spelt. And read the Encore uh, weekly blog on my website. You'll be able to sign up for the weekly newsletter, which comes out Sunday mornings. And I have a great following of, uh, of women Sunday mornings and a few men for self-care. Hundreds of women sit with their favorite beverage to read my latest insights on fulfillment in work and life. And often, I will give an insight that comes from someone like Millie, uh, because financial flexibility is critical to our self care. So thank you and have a great day. And you will see links to Lily how to contact her in the show notes and on YouTube. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. Have a great day.
0: Lovely. Bye bye.